This episode is sponsored in part by PTZ Optics. Why hire a camera operator when the control is in your hands? Visit ptzoptics.com for more information. And by NewTek, makers of the TriCaster TC1. Stun your viewers, not your accountant. Visit NewTek.com for more information. Hey guys, welcome back to another edition of New Boundaries Outdoors. And we have, uh, we have a fun show for you guys today. Something that uh, really hits home for me because of what I do for a living. Uh, but let's get to the panel. I've got only, I've got one of the panelists with me today. That's it. Just, it's you, Braden. You're the star of the show. The lone survivor. <laughs> the lone survivor. <laughs> uh, you know, some of, some of them, uh, Jake has to play dad for, for a, a couple hours cause his wife is working. So unfortunately he can't be here, but, uh, and my wife, uh, she's involved in some book club at, uh, at our church. So, um, she, uh. She's going to finish that up, and then she'll be back on the show, which will be in yep. a couple of weeks. So, uh, in the meantime, you and I are uh, we're gonna we're gonna run this tonight, I guess. Yep, we'll do our thing. <laughs> so, uh, I titled tonight "Self Filming" because I know there's a lot of people in the in the hunting industry. I see because I'm in I'm in some of the podcast groups for the outdoor industry, which is interesting. That I mean, there's oh, Braden, there's always been a uh, podcast group for just like podcasting with tech and broadcasting. But now it's, it's funny to see a group dedicated to the outdoors and, and podcasting. Oh, absolutely. So, um, Oh, and there, there he is. Jake is in the chat room. I see him there. He's like, Hey guys. So <laughs> he, he decided to show up uh, at least in the chat room. So, uh, so well, that's one of the things we want to focus on tonight, but, uh, I have a bone to pick with this guy, so it's a one-on-one -on -one tonight, and uh, this guy's <laughs> always talking about impulse buying, and um, I happen to do my own impulse buying this week, not because I needed one or, you know, but I, I, I've I been wanting it since I saw it, and so... You have um, to have it. I, I went and shot it, and I was like, yeah. <laughs> it's funny how that always happens, right? You shouldn't just shoot one. Oh, yeah. Nope. <laughs> so I went and um, I purchased a, a V3X and I got a bunch of different Matthews um, accessories for it. Some of which they're, uh, in, in the words of the Botech at the shop, very proud of these accessories because they are very pricey compared to some of the other ones that are out there. And so I spent a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> Needless to say, I spent a lot yep. of money. Um, Pay to play, isn't that, that what they always say? Yeah, un unfortunately. So um, we're gonna dive into this a little bit. I think. I think if you guys are on the fence, why? What? What does this bow have to offer? I mean, because I I came from a triax as, as a Matthews shooter. I, I the first bow of Matthews that I ever had was the triax. Uh, before that, I had the Hoyt. Um, Carbon Spider ZT Turbo, which at the time was was Hoyt's fastest bow that they made, yep. but it was carbon. Um, you shoot an Elite, right? Yep, I have a, an Elite Ritual Thirty, and that's that's all carbon, or is that compo Like, is that a mix or? Uh, it's it it's not carbon now. It's it's like a uh, what what is it like a composite or um, yeah. uh, I can't think of what what they call that but 
Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm drawing a blank right now too. So, and you you've liked those bows. You have the pure white tail special with that. Yep, the pure white tail edition. Pretty cool camo pattern. So, really happy with how it shoots so far, though. Everything's smooth. Well, it's a good thing that they signed back on to partner with us again for another year because you have you have the bow. <laughs> yep, I'd I'd be impulse buying. <laughs> oh, that was was that really? That's like your backup impulse buy. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I didn't need it. Looked at it and looked at it and looked at it, and finally, I told the wife, "I'm like, uh, I did something today." She's like, "What?" I just ordered a new bow. It'll be here in about a week. She's like, "You did what?" I'm like, oh yeah, it's really nice though. I mean, it's cool. I got it. She's like, "Oh yeah, so nice." It, she's probably like, "There's not really anything different about it than your other bow, except yeah. for what yeah." It looks like. She said it looks the same. Like, well, yeah, oh, but my wife have new. my wife didn't fight me on on this i asked her um uh, about getting it and she you know the only thing she said to me she said i'm surprised you're not getting camo and i and i went with the new granite color just because it just seems like it would fit any season yeah that, that's a slick looking color on them i really do like that color yeah i was i was pretty impressed with it um just how it looks and whatnot but there's there's certain features with it that I thought were really cool. So what I want to do right now is I want to show you guys before we get into the, the camera stuff. I want to show you guys just a brief overview. Daniel and I were out shooting yesterday. So uh, I had Daniel running the camera. So please forgive any flubs that you might have seen. He did the best he could. He did a really good job because um, you can't film uh, and zoom in and do all that stuff you know, when you're holding the bow, just, it's, it just doesn't work. So he was gracious enough to do it. So, uh, check this out. <laughs> All right, guys. So I blame Braden for this, but this was, uh, an impulse buy. Um, I've got the brand new Matthews V3 X, uh, upgraded from the Triax. This is a 29 inch axle to axle. I know I'm a little late to the game. This came back out in, in November, but I wanted to talk a little bit about why I upgraded to this bow and the parts that I got on it. Um, you can see Matthews, it, they, they made this brand new technology. I apologize, it's a little windy out here. We're out shooting a little bit. Um, where they made this like, it's almost like an integrated uh, rest for, it's the engaged limb legs, but they made it so that you can rest it on the ground. It's, it's, it's not to be confused with the rest that's on the bow. Um, and I, I think this is a great, invention that they made i wish they would have made this a while ago uh, but they made it for the v3 so like the v3 i'm not sure if it fits on the triax i'm going to try it but the v3 and the v3x works great uh i went down to a six inch stabilizer uh, because my bowtech was telling me if i'm out at full draw and i'm kind of wobbling a little bit that that could be part of the cause i'm using too long of a stabilizer for this so i went with a six and then having this on it when you shoot still can you know give you enough stabilization and i went with the low pro um quiver for it it's a five it's a five um arrow quiver and it has like a little lock right here that you just unlock and then you can pull your your quiver off just that simple and hang it on the tree now because i'm not using the integrated site which i'll show you here in a little bit um it's not something i would shoot with that on but if you're if you're one that's uh wanting to shoot with it on then i would get 
the new the new technology that Matthews did where if you have a dovetail I don't know if you can see this but right here you can put the sight inside the riser and then it has like a little screw that you can go down inside that'll hold it in place to prevent it from falling out I stuck with my apex gears uh, two dot sight um, I like that site, so it's 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 attached on the side of the riser, as well as I like my ripcord um, rests, and that's what my Bowtech also uses. So I didn't go with the dovetail QAD rest that also can go right here on the on the side here, as well. So um, other than that, it's 70 pound draw. I think it's 85 let off. I think that's what we have it for, or I believe it's 85. And uh, Matthews did on this one, so 70 pound, which is what I'm getting used to. 70 pound is also 74, I think it's 74.6 pounds. So I'm getting used to that extra four pounds. Uh, but overall, I, I, I took the granite color. I guess that's their new color this year that they're really pushing with the harmonic dampening uh, on it. I, I like the color. I, I've always bought in camo bows. I still have my Triax uh, with the Under Armour camo um that I, that I have as a backup but so far i'm i'm pretty pretty happy with this bow and i'm going to do some more shooting with it but i wanted to kind of give you this guys as a, a new purchase what we're talking about here on the show today about filming and things like that i thought this would be a great um time to tell you guys about the brand new bow really like the grip um i think it's really nice it's very quiet matthew's bows are always very quiet uh, but in the next coming weeks, I'll have some shooting videos and, and some more reviews on it. So, um, guys, let's go back. So there you go, guys. Um, like I said, we'll show you, um, you know, a review down the road. But, I, you know, I again, Braden, I was kind of getting into that. And I and uh, I, I really liked it. But now I'm, I'm starting to think about that. The true ball. Um, site that that they made for the matthews yeah um, integrated dovetail on the riser yeah i like i have a dovetail one now that is uh from um apex gear their their new magnitude site which right. is just a five pin you can't dial out or anything like that but yep. th the problem is with this and this isn't me saying this so i don't want to take credit for this but i was talking to our Botech about it if you look at this site and i'll pull it up here in a little bit it kind of has like a roll to it. it like it's it's not a perfect L. It it kind of rolls to the left, and okay. all the other all the other sites that you look at that are dovetail, they're like a perfect L. So what's yep. happening is people are having to buy extenders for the windage to get it out far enough so that they can get it in line. Um, okay. So and I'm sure I'm sure other dovetails that are going to come out are going to be made for this because let's face right. it. The other the other bow companies are going to go. Wow, this is a great idea. We're going to do this too. I mean, it, it, it's inevitable, right? Oh, that was that was genius on Matthew's part. I'm, I don't shoot Matthews, and I was like, might get one just for the integrated dovetail sleeve in the riser. So, with 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 that as well as um, having that dovetail on the back for the rest, I, I the only thing is I'm not a big fan of QAD and I had a QAD on my Hoyt charger back when I first had a Hoyt. And, you know, obviously for shooting it for a couple of years before I went to the Carbon Spider Turbo, 
what was happening was after you know being wet and hunting and stuff that it needed to be opened up and repacked with grease because it, it just yep. it wasn't working right and so ever since then i've just been gun shy with with apex or uh with uh, qad so i'm kind of hoping there's another company that comes out right for this yeah yeah for sure Mark uh, in the chat room, what's going on, Mark? So I, I want to show you uh, some features here with this. Like I know I talked a little bit about it here, and I know uh, Braden, we were kind of talking about it, but I want to kind of point some of these things out because these were some of the things that that jumped out at me as to why I really wanted to get this. And and I know you Western hunt, you you hunt out yep. west, Colorado. You know this bow, I could see even if you're not a Matthews fan. I think all bow companies need to do this. And I'm just going to roll forward this video. If you look on the cam there, right right by the limbs there, you're going to see right underneath the limb, you're going to see like a little uh, finger that comes up. And then you're also going to see yeah. one over there by the hats on the right-hand side. Those are used that you can buy this. Again, they're proud of this string. A $40 looks like a, a string that's made specifically for the 29-inch because this is a 29-inch. And then there's one for the 33 you push down on the top string, which is the one you would normally pull back, and it takes the, the the load off the cam and actually rolls it in so you can hook the string on and make it a bow press in the field. Like if you have to take a twist out of your string um, or even your cables, like you crisscross it um, on on the, uh, the, the, bottom, the bottom pin or the bottom peg. We'll call it a peg. I don't know what else you would call it, but on the, on the, on the uh, cam. The bottom to the top one, um, like like so, so that way you can adjust, you know, your 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 cables if needed. So, in a pinch, if a bow shop is closed or if you're out west, I mean, how far are bow shops from where you're hunting? Sometimes. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I haven't bow hunted in out of state, like out west yet, but even just to find a store, I mean, where we hunted. To find like the nearest gas station, right. which also combines as a gun shop, which is pretty wild. I mean, I wish we had those back in Pennsylvania, but I mean, we we were driving forty five minutes to an hour to find to find a gas station. So at that gas station, like I said, they sold guns and ammo, all your hunting needs. So technically, an hour, hour and a half, we had to drive one one way to even find anything. If, say a scope broke or something like that yeah or even your peep let's say you you know your yeah. d loop ripped or something uh hey Juan, yep. what's going on in the chat room um yeah so i i i was kind of like okay that's really cool i don't know if i'll ever change it but i like having the option if i had to do that right um right so right now i'm showing you a, a little i did some close-up videos because i know the one that daniel was shooting again he's learning how to do this i'm trying to teach him he's nine years old uh he helped me and, and shoot that but i went back and did some b-roll here where you guys could see here's where the dovetail rest would go on the back uh you know right and and i'm using a i'm using a rip cord our bowtech really likes rip cord i've liked them ever since i put them on never had a problem with it the only problem i ever had was that fork when i accidentally let go of my re release the one time uh it just when i was learning it just slipped off my fingers and it broke the fork which was an easy replacement because he had a backup. Uh, but then also where you can put the integrated site right inside, and then there's a little uh, screw hole where you can put that in 
to hold it hold it steady. But look how close, Braden, the quiver is. That's a great view right there. You can see how close That's those, really tight. those arrows are. And I and I bought that quiver, and it's a two hundred and fifty dollar quiver. Like depending on where you get it, it could be like two hundred dollars. Yeah. I don't hunt with a quiver on, but these guys that are hunting with quivers on, they're like it doesn't even feel like there's a quiver on. Do you, when you're out west, do you hunt with a quiver on? Yeah, sometimes, yeah. I mean, it, it kind of tends, when I've done it in the past, it tends to want to, like, rock to the... It you tends know, to lean you, yeah, because yeah. all the weight's top-heavy, per se, to one side. But... And, it, and then you add some uh, you add some wind to that. You're, you're in, uh, you're in oh, some yeah. sad shape, right? Yep. So what we're going to do real quick, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back, and we're going to show you some more of this before we get into um, some of the more features and we get into some of the options that you have for self-filming whether it's fishing or hunting and some of the options that are out there whether they're really expensive or even very cheap so stay with us we'll be right back right after this quick break apex gear known for their performance driven archery sights and accessories is pleased to introduce the new covert series archery sight versapin technology allows shooters to change the pen color and pin size on demand in an instant the compact and lightweight sight is equipped with stainless steel hardware, micro-adjustable windage and elevation, an ultra-smooth, easy one-hand adjustment knob for quick yardage changes, and a micro-push button light. The new Covert Series from Apex Gear. Right off the cuff, too. Confidence is key, and when bow hunting, confidence can be defined by one word, accuracy. Introducing the Thorn Expandable Broadhead. Its patented hidden blade technology guarantees field point accuracy, and the patented rip tip grabs at hide and flesh ensuring deployment and beginning the process of devastation. Its stainless steel blades render up to a massive 2.2 inch cut. For confidence and accuracy, there is only one choice. Thorn Broadheads, the world's most accurate broadhead. So again, guys, we, we really appreciate all the support that the sponsors uh, are, are giving us, and uh, a lot of the toys we get to play with. And Braden, during the break, he was asking me, he's like, hey, did you get to try those thorns out? Not yet, because since getting this bow, and we're going to get back to talking about this bow here, um, it's a 70-pound bow, okay? Triax, 70 pounds, I pull it back, no big deal. This bow, Matthews gives you a little extra. It comes out at 74.6. So you're sitting there, some of you guys are like, oh, it's almost only five pounds more. Let me tell you, to a bow shooter, five pounds is a lot. So it it's it's like when you go from sixty-five to seventy pounds, it's like I have to I have to get build up that arm strength again. Yeah. Maybe I'm the only one that has this problem, but I'm not a big guy. So um uh, I'm I'm out there almost every day. I've been doing some reps today. I shot uh fifteen arrows and I had to stop because I was feeling it like I couldn't, you know, I just couldn't get it. Yep. I mean, I'm not sore in my shoulders or anything. I just you know, you just you just can't do it. So, um, that's that's where we're at with that. But I'll kind of I'll kind of show everybody the other feature that I really liked on this. Uh, we'll get rid of that lower third. Is this the rest that you can set it down? You can see it cants the bow forward. So, like if you're out 3D shooting, you can set that on the ground, and it won't sit on your cams. That was that was one of the things. I wish Matthews would have done a while ago. It's 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 a tri leg stand, so if I set that on the ground, you could actually see that it's it's probably about an inch and a half off the off from the camp. So yeah, that makes it nice. Yeah, that's that's a very nice option. 
And the other thing I want to show here is the cutout on the quiver. If you look at the quiver here, it's so close to the riser, which is what you saw before, and it's so close to your, your limbs. When those limbs roll back, they cut like 45s at the top of where the pole goes in, if you guys can see that. And there's also a cutout on the side of the quiver. And I know it's hard to see in this video vantage point, but it's funny because um, they made it so that uh, it doesn't hit because it's that that close. They thought of everything with this. I, I'm trying not to sound like a fanboy here because that's not the case. I mean, but these are some of the things like people ask, well, if, if the Triax was shooting good, why did you, uh, you know, why did you upgrade? So uh, that's what I'm trying to show here, some of the features. I mean, look, Hoyt came out with a great bow this past year and even the year before. Um, but I, I just think their pricing right now is ridiculous. And we can kind of get into that here in a little bit. There's, there's where that clips on, that quiver. Uh, this is just a quick, from the top to the bottom, look at the bow. Uh, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm really happy with it. I'm, I'm not regretting getting it, but 1099 MSRP, uh, sticker or sticker price, I think it's 1199 MSRP. Um, Matthews. 1799 MSRP or I'm excuse me Hoyt 1799 MSRP for their brand new bow. Uh I think they had them at the shop for 1600. When I've seen a lot of the tests on there and I know some people argue you're comparing carbon to aluminum. I'm just throwing this out there. The IBO speeds are exactly the same. And the weight of it is exactly the same. And I know you're not comparing apples to apples. I get that. But to the common bow hunter, I mean, are you going to pay the extra $600 for a carbon bow if it weighs the same as an aluminum bow? No. Nope. I mean, I mean, the average new bow, I mean, what are the new elites costing right now? Uh, like 1100 something like that, I would say. I think whenever I bought mine new two years ago, it was... 900 to a thousand right around there so i mean that's what i that's what i expect to pay for a brand new bow maybe maybe i'm expecting right. too much but um i think we paid i think floyd said we paid like 13 or 1400 for our carbon spider zt turbos now they were at the top of the line for hoyt at the time yep hey they were uh 34 inches axle to axle and i didn't like the big bow anymore i didn't want it man when you're up in a tree stand that has a, a, a uh, you, you know one of the safety bars around it yep. and you're on a tether and you're leaning forward or in my wife's case like i would lift that bar up my wife she won't go up in a in a tree stand if it has if it has one of them bars that bar better be down like that's that's kind of yep. how she is and it's hard like you got to lift your bow up over it and then draw back oh yeah yeah it's not easy so, anyways, that it's all your fault. If you've seen it on social media, we've been doing hashtag blame Braden. We've been saying it's all Braden's fault. Hashtag uh, impulse buy. So it was one of those things, and I just kept hearing Braden would buy it as an impulse. Absolutely, like I did with my elite. <laughs> <laughs> I just needed the excuse, um, and then yeah. and then my wife was like, "Yeah, go ahead, you know, get it." Um, but little did I know. I could say this because she's not sitting right next to me. 
little did I know that she had a, she wanted to go clothing shopping the next day. And uh, there's a bunch of clothes that she wanted to get. So she knew it was a win-win. It was a win-win for everybody. So yeah. um, and you're happy. You're extremely happy with your impulse buy. I'm, 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 I'm extremely happy with it. And so that's, that's where I'm at with it. Uh, so I think it's a, it's a, it's a, it was a good buy. So even if you're not a Matthews fan, watch YouTube videos. I watched tons of uh, YouTube videos before making this purchase because I wanted to see what the difference was. Was this was it a significant upgrade from uh, my Triax? And I and I have to say, just in shooting it, okay, the grip that they did on the Triax, even though at the time I didn't have any, I never shot any other Matthews bow, so I didn't know the difference. Right. Shooting the Triax to this, it feels like you're holding a two by four sideways. That's one thing I hated about the Triax. I shot it whenever it was new, and I said. I won't buy it just because the grip is so fat. Right? It felt like you were holding, like if you yep. were holding, like if you turn this two by four sideways and you were doing the two inch side, that's what it felt yep. like. It just, you had the raw four corners, right? The new one is more like, it feels almost like I hate to compare it to a Hoyt grip, but I don't know how else to compare it because that's all I've ever shot was Hoyt and Matthews. Right. So, but you know what I'm saying? Like the, the Hoyt had the actual grip grip. It wasn't a, yeah. you know, so Matthews yep. did improve on that. That in itself, forget all the other bells and whistles, that in itself after shooting the Triax for four years. And I still have my other Triax. I'm not getting rid of that as my backup bow. Uh, I'm giving my brother, so it was a benefit too. I'm giving my brother my first Triax because I had two of them. One is a backup bow. One I always keep a backup bow like, like you do. Um, uh, my brother has my first Hoyt Charger, which was the first bow I ever owned. So now he's going to pass that off to his wife and he's going to take the Triax and he's getting it all loaded and decked out. Uh, and so he's putting a new string on it. So, and he'll be shooting at this, this fall. There you go. So it's a win-win across the board for everybody. So, yeah, exactly. so let's get started talking about self-filming. Um, we talked about the impulse buy, but, a lot of guys now they're getting their bows and there's a challenge with self-filming when you're when you're in the woods uh, whether what you know whether you're running a camera and you see the professionals on TV we'll call them professionals or TV yeah. stars they always have a camera crew with them but how do you do it when you're regular people like you and I who are going into the woods and we want to capture our film our our, our, our kills on film Braden, why don't you kick us off and tell us a little bit how you do it before I go through some show and tell here. Well, I will say for me, archery hunting, it's extremely hard because I'm left-handed. So for me, the way I set up my filming gear, I'm hunting out of a trophy line saddle, so I'm facing the tree. And then I would have my camera arm on the right of me with my Canon G20 on it. And yeah, it sounds easy, right? But me being left-handed, if the deer's coming toward me on the right side of the tree, normally the viewfinder on all cameras are on the left side. So I'm trying to work my work <laughs> my camera, my remote stick, with my right hand, but at the same time I'm trying to hold my bow with my right hand. And it, it's just... And then whenever I swing around to use my left hand, then I can't see the viewfinder... So it, it's not as easy as everyone thinks it is. So 
takes a lot to get used to. It's easier for right right-handed hunters, but yeah, I mean that's I get frustrated. Don't <laughs> get me wrong, I get really frustrated, but at the same time when you get that kill shot or you get something really cool on it and you can come home and play it back or even say your son's first deer. Mm-hmm. I mean, 20 years from now, you you can go to your son's house and show him the footage and be like, hey, right here's your first deer. Here's how it all played out. Yep. So it, memories that you'll never forget. I think that's I think that's the reason I, I want to do it more so than anything. I, I've got a couple uh, bow kills on camera. I've got a couple shots, which I know we'll get into a future edition with some of the failed broadheads that we've used and why we think they're failed broadheads. And that's not to put the companies down, but just to show why we don't shoot those heads and why we didn't like them. Right. Um, and that was the only reason I didn't spend hours that night looking for the deer was because of filming. If I didn't film it, I would have been hunting that deer down because I thought I killed it. It was oh, a good yeah, shot, was, but you hit that, shoulder. That plays a key role in it. You can instantly play it back and know if it was a good shot or a bad shot. Well, in, in my case, I shot a doe at 40 yards, went right into the shoulder, and I, I only know that because I saw it on the footage. And the head that I was using only went in two inches, which you know is not going to penetrate any vitals. No. And right before it went into the woods, it was wiggling up and down. And then as soon as it hit like the little bit of brush that was there, it fell off. The arrow just fell down. And so when we went back and looked at it, the broadhead failed because it should have it should have penetrated more. Um, right. But it is what it is. So I know we'll we'll kind of get into stuff like that. But what do you what type of gear do you use when you go? self-filming i mean are are you taking a ton of gear because i mean that's that's every every hunter's uh cringeworthy moment because you're trying to always go into the woods as light as possible take the least oh, amount yeah, of it stuff definitely adds it adds some weight to your pack or however you're carrying your gear in there's no doubt about it but. yeah i mean so so what are you taking in what what goes in with you when you're self-filming so for me Obviously, I have my camcorder, which would be the Canon G20, and then I have it mounted with a remote and an arm, and then I have I have two camera arms, but I mainly use this one right here. It's called the Reach by Out on a Limb. So basically, Matt, he's a wizard whenever it comes to machining stuff, and he came up with this camera arm for four mobile hunters, basically. I mean, it's not super, not super long, but it gets the job done. Lightweight, easy, easy, easy to use. I mean, yep, right there it is. So I'm just showing it extended in the price yeah. point. Yeah. So I mean, so you got this. You can see how pretty small and compact, and then also the camera, the arm actually folds out, so you don't have a lot to put in your pack. Compared to yeah. you know, this big boy, which <laughs> I know that's what you use, right? Yeah, I'm going to show the setup with that here in a little bit, but yeah. Which that's I do like beast. my muddy, don't get me wrong. It's it's beefy, and it's going to withstand some of your bigger, bigger video cameras, your more professional quality ones that you have $6,000 in, and you want to make sure they're not going to fall out of the tree. Yeah. But at the same time, my G20 is not super heavy, so 
I got the reach by out on a limb, and I've been happy with it so far. Like I said, it packs nice, easy, easy to operate, smooth, quiet. And then I also just run a, I have a GoPro Hero 8 black, and then I recently just got a GoPro Hero 10 with, I don't know what you want to call it, um, just like a flexible GoPro mount with a buckle that I strapped to my tether so I can get the full downward shot of me if I'm swinging around a tree to get a shot or like drawing back and whatnot. So I, I do, mainly I do, I'll, I'll do some interviews, like mid, mid hunt breakdowns on that. And just because it's there, it's convenient. It takes good quality video. So less movement in the woods. Yeah. I mean, that's the biggest thing, right? Is the movement part of it. And that's what people don't realize. Right. Hey, what's going on, Brad? Um, so a lot of people don't realize movement is a big deal with it and and also setting up i mean it's one more thing that you got to set up and like saddle hunters and i'm going to be embarking in that i know my buddy mark he uh he watches the show and uh he's been after me too to do the saddle thing and then when i told him i was getting oh, a saddle yeah. he was he was all about like uh even um tomorrow he's going to be coming over him and his family and uh he was okay. like oh because i don't have sticks and i don't have um I don't have the the base. He's like, oh, I'll bring mine over, and you know, we'll get you up in the tree to, to to try it out. So we'll see. I know they're calling for some weather tomorrow night, but um, that's my concern. Like when you got to carry all these sticks into the woods, this base, your saddle, and I know you can wear the saddle, your ropes, and everything, and then right. carrying camera gear. And that's what a lot of the hunters are saying. Like, what do we do? Um, right. So let's show you now. I have a rig that's similar to. Um, Braden's and uh, with the muddy arm and I'll show you exactly how I have it set up uh, on a tree I actually did it on a tree uh, and then we'll yep. we'll go through some different options that you can use it you don't have to use a camcorder that's super expensive right. and yep. uh, talk to you about some of this so check this out and then we'll be back after the break after can we come back we're outside and one of the things that we wanted to talk about today is our mobile rig setup for filming and so I wanted to show you my mobile setup now this is by no means uh, an endorsement for this product, but um, this is a product that I had purchased. Um, I got it pre-owned, uh, so I only paid 50 bucks for it. And I know these arms go for like 200 and some from Muddy. So that was one of the reasons um, that I purchased it. But it's basically, you strap it around the tree and you can see there's a little loop on one strap to wrap it around and you hook the, the, uh, the other loop there and then you just ratchet strap it. Let's, let's go over here. You ratchet strap it right to the tree, no problem, just like anything else. Now, what if your tree's uneven? It's not, uh, like you can see here, the tree is not a perfectly straight tree. It's, it's one of the better ones. That's why I kind of came over here, right outside my house here to show you. There's a little bubble indicator on the top here. This bubble indicator, as you can see, I've got it pretty good there. Um, you can adjust this to get your cant right, so, it, so it's staying true, but also this. This, this little knob, if you turn it, it'll adjust how far away from the tree and how close to the tree it is to make sure that your, your arm is perfectly um, level. Um, one of the cameras that I'm using, as you can see, I'm using the XA40. This is a brand new, it's a 4K camera. 
from Canon. I really like this camera uh, for not just shooting for outdoors, but also shooting um, other things. As you can see, it's got a bunch of uh, settings and whatnot for your cameras. Um, so uh, if you're using input one or input two, and I'll show you kind of on the other side, um, right here, this takes a professional level input. It's got the XLR input, but I'm not using that right now. I'm using this Rode um, shotgun mic. And this takes a 9-volt battery, which then also um, plugs into the audio here on the side of the camera. And then I have a fluid head attached to this. Now, what a fluid head will do is it allows you to move this very fluidly without getting the jerky motions um, when you're filming. So there's different uh, attachments here that you can adjust how much gas is going into it. So that way, when you, when you start to adjust it, it's more... Again, it's more fluid, um, so you can get that smooth motion of video when you're filming your own hunts. And I film my own hunts too. Um, one of the things, if you're going to do that, this is a specialty Canon um, remote control. If you're looking to get one, if you have a Canon, it's a ZR1000. This does work on the standard, de uh, the high definition cameras, the HF G40s, the G20s, things like that. If you're using Canon, and that simply plugs into the remote tab right in the side of the camera, right uh, right here, you can see. So that here, um, I love this camera. It does a double SD card um, right inside here. You can see there's a double bay for SD cards, locks it into place. So you've got A and B. I use one for a backup because um, I use this at trade shows and whatnot too. But this is essentially my mobile rig. This is one of the ways that I film hunts. I also use GoPros and stuff, and we'll talk about that. Camera is basically identical, but yeah. So right there, we showed you guys how that works. We're gonna take a quick break, an actual break. We're gonna come back and we're gonna show you some options here with this as well. We got we got to thank the sponsors here, and as I'm breaking things here in the studio, uh, you know how that goes. <laughs> everything everything wants to fall down and break. We'll be right back right after this. guys we're back and uh we were actually talking during the break here we were talking about the optical zoom <laughs> sorry brand i had to cut you off there um uh, oh, on the uh you have the g40 hf g40 g the g20 1080. oh g20 g20 yeah i only have the g20 yep and then the xa40 is what i got which is a step up from their high definition line uh yep. so that that camera i mean we were talking about the muddy it, it, it's big it's bulky it's heavy but it's a great option yeah absolutely for filming, right i mean it's yeah it's easy to operate like we were talking in the commercial i'll just bring it up for example like right here this little dial 
easy adjustment for your up and down. And then these two pins here, you fold them up and then you can adjust your left or right. It's got a got a level bubble on it. So it's like I said, it, it's a great camera arm. Don't get me wrong, but it's yeah. just a little on the bulky side. Exactly. So, okay, so you don't want to spend all that kind of money, and, and I don't blame you. You know, you know you're self-filming. So there's a camera that you can get, um, even if you're, you know, if you're fishing, and, and, that's, and this is something you're going to see that I use on the boat and I use in the tree stand. And sometimes in, in the tree stand, I put it right above me with those cheap real tree. Um, they have those camera mounts that you can get, or sometimes they're, they're tra uh, trail camera mounts that you can screw yeah, into the tree yeah. that you put on it. Screw and peg, yep. You get yourself one of these. Get yourself a GoPro, and this this is an actual this isn't an actual GoPro. This is a remake or some some other model. But you get one. They make all these really cheap adapters. Like this will clamp on to the side of my pontoon, to where I could film. Uh, you know, Braden, somebody pulling in a fish. I could put it near the water okay. so you can see the fish splashing, and it's in a waterproof case. And some of these you can get for sub one hundred dollars. You can get them for like eighty bucks. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I actually, and I'm going to show you guys. I actually have four of them right now. I have. They're all they're all made by different companies. So you can see, this is. I think this one's. Uh, this one was the Ultra Pro X, and yeah. the, I don't even know if they're a company anymore. They might not. They not might not be. I think this yeah, one. I'm not, I'm not sure. This one was a cheapie that I had gotten. Um, uh, this one's in camo. Oh no, that's the GoPro. I just put the camo sticker, but I do have a camo one that is uh, a cheapie. And then this one here, and again, you can get these really cheap. And if you're hunting by yourself, um, you can. They have bow mounts for them. They have rifle mounts for them that you can get. And these are all waterproof containers. This is one that I had gotten. Um, let me see what the name is on it. I can't even read it. It's it's inside here, but um, I'll have to see if I can get the names. I'll put it in the in the description below. But again, these these cameras aren't very expensive. They're very user friendly, and and they work great. And then they they all come with like a bunch of different mounts like this. And I apologize that it goes out of focus, but that's because it's dark, and I wanted you to be able to see the product and not what's behind it. So they have these mounts. The other thing, Braden is these types of mounts they make the chest mounts where you can strap it to your chest and this is this is an actual head mount like i would actually wear this on my head and i've done this before work you know when i'm doing stuff with the kids with fishing i put this on top of my hat and i let this run so it's almost like my point of view and this is a oh, camera yeah. those uh fishing videos you showed last week yeah. On last week's spot. And that's what I that's what I did. I had my GoPro strapped to my head and that's how I got my footage. Yeah, so the, these inexpensive, you can see like I mean I've got I I've gotten them. Um, you know, obviously you buy them over time. They take a little micro SD card for them. Yeah. Um they're they're great cameras, 1080p 60. You can use them for archery. Like I said, you hang them in the tree above you. Sometimes I'll put one of these on the ground and use the remote feature on my phone that's Wi Fi. So that I can get the ground shot of it. Like if I want to shoot yeah. up, if I think where the deer's at. Yeah, that's a clever design. So I, I've done that before. Never have I gotten a deer the day that I've had them on the ground. Um, 
the other option is this from Tac from Tacticam. Um, I I have this is the Tacticam 3.0. Let me get it in focus. Now this is in a stabilizer. Uh, it comes with the Allen wrench and whatever. This is a, a in a stabilizer kit. So like if you're a bow hunter and you basically this replaces your stabilizer some guys there's an attachment and i don't know if that's how you did it braden where you attach it above your stabilizer yeah that, that's how i run mine now there's basically i just use a we'll just call it a barrel mount yeah a tacticam cells and i run it on top of my stabilizer toward the end of it just that way it just still stays somewhat balanced and the, just because I, I like a little bit longer stable now stabilizer, sure. but now they do make a like a, a length attachment a company does. So, it was called a tap booster. I don't know if you yeah, remember from, them or not. From tap, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We, we worked a lot with with tap for a little bit. So I, I use them for a little while, but I just felt more comfortable with my Tacticam up top. But the thing I don't like about this being in the stabilizer um, and I'm just going to throw this out there to you guys is it makes a lot of noise. It, I mean, like you got to crank the living daylights out of it. So that scares me for one, when you're, when you're trying to make it tight in here. Yeah. Um, but it rattles when you shoot, these bows are so powerful that it's actually vibrating the camera inside of this housing. It's almost like Braden, they should have put like some kind of rubber underneath it or sleeves. something something right i mean it just it doesn't like the gopros don't vibrate like this no so th i mean this is an option but the but the tacticam i do have the mount where i put it on the side of my head and honestly i i do like that mount with the tacticam like i will use the tacticam uh, mounted on the side i'll show you here i'll just kind of mock it where i put it like this and what All i'll right. do is what i'll do is i'll give that when i'm bow hunting I get this view, even though I'm using that other camera, so I can get a different point of view. You get like that first-person point of view looking down exactly. your bow, basically. And why don't you talk a little bit about, if you do use this as a stabilizer, there's some pitfalls for it in order to catch your footage, right? What are some of the things that Tacticam right. tells you? So my biggest downfall to the Tacticam, like I said, I, I like the Tacticam's super simple to operate one one push of the power button and it turns on and it starts recording and then one tap and it stops so it's super simple to operate like 5.0 has an eight time zoom has slow-mo and then it has just the regular and they're all just three taps and you can go to the eight time zoom which is really really handy everything's one you can do it with one hand so you can be really really stealthy with it if you're bow hunting if it's attached to your stabilizer or whatnot my only downfall to that and i ran into it firsthand was back in 2018 whenever i shot my pa black bear with a bow I, I had my g20 obviously and i was i was filming it a little bit and then it got to the point i was like i don't want to blow the situation and i don't care that much about the footage cool sure it'd be cool to have the footage but i was like push the camera aside and i was like i have my tacticam so i pushed the record button and i got probably four or five minutes worth of footage of this bear coming in to me and like i said the downfall to it i was raised and taught whenever i shoot my bow 
after I squeeze the trigger, I let my bow drop. Just so you don't you don't have a firm grip on it and you don't torque your shot or pull your shot. Right. And I'm sure I'm sure a lot of people feel the same way. That's how they were raised. That's the way I do it. But with, yeah. but with Tacticam, you're basically trying to teach yourself out of that. And so you shoot and they want you to hold the bow straight up and just keep filming what what you shot. Which for a filming perspective, yeah, it's great. But at the same time, if you're trying to hold your bow straight up like that, you're going to have a grip on it. So you might torque it left, you might torque it right. You know what I mean? So that's my only downfall I see in the Tacticams. Yeah, and some of the some of the things with the Tacticams that I didn't like um, is, like, I've had all these, these cameras around, relatively around the same amount of time. The, the problem that I have with the Tacticam is some from the heat, the batteries tend to expand and there's two little clips on the battery and what happens is the label that goes around it breaks loose and then it the battery pops open and so i don't know if the battery's any good it's not holding a charge as well um and obviously i have a 3.0 so it's probably you probably can't even get batteries for it anymore but my my point is um certain things like that i think they could have done a little bit better you know with that but using it as a stabilizer is not ideal and i thought like the, the the tube size of it putting it on the side of my head felt more comfortable than having a gopro on the side of my head right yeah more symmetrical weight wise and everything so getting that point of view so this year i want to try to do some more footage that way with it maybe i'll get the new tacticam 5.0 i don't know we'll see yep. uh we'll see if they've made some improvements but those are options for you guys but also there is a lot of guys don't like the camcorders and I'll explain a little bit because of my broadcasting background and what I do for a living. Why there's guys that use these, these are DSLRs or SLRs or however you want to call them. There's mirrorless ones. Now I know Braden, you just went out on an impulse buy and got yourself a, uh, a, what yeah, a Sony? Sony, Sony a 6,000. It's a mirrorless camera. So the SLRs and the mirrorless, those are options that you can go out and shoot video, shoot pictures. Braden, any of the pictures you've been seeing from No Boundaries and even him, um, he's been he's been taking with this camera, uh, not the one that you're seeing right now, but his camera. But this is an option as well when you're in the field, you can use this. Now the benefits of using a DSLR over using a camcorder is the fact that you have uh, you have more lenses available to you. If you want to do macro lenses, if you want to have uh, you know a longer zoom, and I think that's why a lot of these guys are using these types of cameras for uh, footage in the field. Whereas a camcorder, you're kind of limited on what kind of uh, ca- uh, lenses that you can put on it. Most of them are, you know, you're stuck with whatever optical zoom is built yeah, into the you, into the you camera. Have what you have, yep, yeah. absolutely. So I personally don't mind that because I'm not. I'm hunting and I'm and I'm uh, filming, but if I was, um, let's say, Braden, you were going out hunting and I was filming you, I would take the DSLR and maybe use the camcorder as like a point of view shot, per right. se. Um, I would do the interview more or less with the with the SLR because yep. I would want that tighter macro lens so I could get in there and, and get a good shot with you, but then use the 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 camcorder to do the chasing of the deer if you will right as you're making yeah, that shot absolutely so uh, that's 
basically what how I'm going to run this year. I'm going to use my camcorder while I'm in the tree. Yeah. Obviously, I hopefully get some kill shots, you know what I mean? And then just the deer coming in, deer going away. All aspects of hunting, but I'm going to use my A6000 for the interviews, the hero shots, just stuff like that. Just I, I think as far as the camcorders will be easier to use while you're in the stand because, well, a DSLR, you can use a power lens too, but they're, they're pretty salty and a remote. Whereas camcorder, you use a remote, there it is. It's, it's simple. So if you don't have a power lens for your DSLR, you're manually zooming in and out. So that, that's more movement. makes it a little bit tougher, but a lot of people do it, and they have great success with it. So I'm not going to knock a, right. using DSLRs for filming like the actual kill shot and whatnot, but that's just what I plan on doing, use the DSL or my mirrorless camera for interviews and whatnot, and my camcorder for the actual hunting aspect of it. What what I will say, though, is if you do get a DSLR, if you're thinking about buying one for for hunting, if you're planning on getting it for fishing, if you're trying to get filming, if you're doing whatever that you're doing, make sure that you buy one that has a fold-out screen on the side. Because like Braden said, if you can't see your shot, you're going to be sitting there playing around, making a lot of movements with that interview shot. To have that flip out and be able to rotate completely towards you, just like a camcorder would, so you could see yourself in a confidence monitor to be able to um, know know what you're looking at. You're framed right. You're not cutting your head off. Just like you know, getting right. this look. That's the way. That's the way to do it. Or a lot of these cameras are allowing you to connect via Wi-Fi to your phone very easily. You yep. can use your phone as your reference monitor to see if everything's good and just adjust your your lens in the front while looking at your phone. You get it perfect while you're getting in yep. the tree. Braden, you're you're set. You don't have to monkey with right with anything. No, so, I, I will say if you are just getting into wanting to film your hunts, it, it takes a lot of time to get used to it. Like I I'm still learning some things here and there about what I can do better with it. But I will say, if you're just getting into it, don't go out and spend the $2,000 on a no camcorder like you have, Steven, or yeah. like my Sony a6000. They, they make, uh, Sony makes a good handy cam. Yep. That's a couple hundred bucks. Yep. And get your feet wet. See if you want to do this. And then once you figure out like all aspects of it, if you want to keep pursuing it and then go buy the good stuff, the Sony, I mean, the Sony handicaps, they still take good quality stuff. I think they're still like 1080. Oh, they're, they're absolutely. But one thing you guys got to realize too, and I agree a hundred percent with him. I do this for a living. <laughs> I do video right. for a living. So I have these cameras because it's part of my job. Um, right. You starting out hunting, if you don't know how the camera works, that's the first thing you do. Get a camera that's, like he said, easier. Learn how it works. But the other thing that most people forget, Braden, is not just the camera. you got to worry about audio. And a lot of these cameras, yeah. they have smaller shotgun mics that you can get. They're a little bit less expensive. The one I showed in my video was about 200 bucks. Right. It's, that's not a lot considering what microphones can cost. So oh, yeah. 
here's a prime example. You know, you get a new camera. Last week, Braden was using a, a I, I believe, a built-in camera, right, for your for your shot. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah and, my webcam off my computer. And and now you know PTZ Optics, uh, they're sponsoring us here and it sent out a new okay. 1080p webcam, right? And now look at it. Yeah. They hooked me up, and now my video quality is next to none. So we we so, so thank you. So cameras can change, you know, with quality, you know, when you upgrade things. Right. But you got to learn how to use it first, and you don't want you're not on TV, so you you don't want to spoil right. your hunt just trying to film it, right? No, oh, yeah, I I ran into that issue a couple times. Like I said, with my bear, I was filming that, and it got to the point I was. <laughs> Fiddling with my camera, <laughs> trying to get the, the bear in focus and whatnot on my camera, trying to hold my bow. And then finally, like I said, I just got to the point, I pushed my camera aside and I was like, it's my first ever bear. I'm not going to ruin the opportunity because I wanted to film it. I'll have plenty of opportunities to film all of my other hunts. So, yeah. Yeah. There's, you don't need to do that. It's just, it's not worth uh, losing the animal over it or running the risk of, uh, you know, knock, here's the other thing, knocking the equipment out of the tree, right? Oh, yeah. So, uh, but get those cheap little attachments. Get yourself a GoPro. Get, get even a GoPro lookalike now anymore. They're like 100 bucks oh. on Amazon. Hook it into the tree and film your hunt that way, honestly. Film your film your fishing trip. These make a. I I need to find if you go actually go to the No Boundaries Outdoors page on YouTube. I think there's one that Drew and I did of our fishing, and a lot of the footage was coming from a GoPro, and then we had another camera running with the audio, so it picked up the audio. So we had all three cameras running at the same time. So when I went back and edited it, all I had to do is lay it down so that the audio from the good camera was over top of the GoPro, right? Just like they do on TV. But keep yep. this in mind: if you do get Go GoPro, and you're fishing, and you're using one of these because they're waterproof, you're afraid that something's gonna splash on it. It's gonna make your audio sound like you're. It's talking out of a tin can. It's it's gonna yep. be muffled because it's it's enclosed in this enclosure. So keep that in mind if it's something that you really want the audio for. Probably having a waterproof case on is not a good idea. Uh, if that's your solo camera, I'm just saying. Right. That's the risk you you run, but uh, Braden, I think that's all the time we've got for tonight. Yep. So make sure you guys go to Instagram.com/slash Braden07, and you can also check him out on TikTok. I think it's Bray 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 underscore Bray 077. There you go. So you can go check him out on TikTok. He's always posting his saddle videos and other types of hunting and fishing and snowboarding escapades that he's on. So. Oh, go yeah. ch go check him out, and uh, I think we did pretty good considering we were uh, too short tonight. Yeah, yeah, went went really well. I think wish so. we would have had Aaron and Jake, but yeah, we got them for we'll get them next time, and uh, we, we made do. Yeah, we made do. We we carried on the conversation, and everybody uh, got to hear this. But yep. hey, guys, make sure you subscribe to it if you like the show. Subscribe to us on YouTube, YouTube.com/slash No Boundaries Outdoors. Also, uh, the podcast is up on all your favorite podcast platforms, including iTunes. Just look up No Boundaries Outdoors, and you can listen to it on your way to work, listen to it on your way to the archery range or to the woods, and you just want to hear some uh, normal people talk about hunting and fishing and loving every day. Uh, 
But uh, we're, we're going to come back next week. Hopefully, we'll have uh, Jake back with us. And we're going to talk some more hunting and fishing. And uh, you guys could check me out, Instagram.com slash NBO Steven. I'm pretty much everywhere. Just look for No Boundaries Outdoors. Follow and like our Facebook page. Check out our website, NoBoundariesOutdoors.com. And we will see you guys next Thursday night. Have a great night.